my first question for you is like, how was your childhood like in the DMV? For a lot of my, like, since I was 12, I was up there all the time playing soccer with DC United Academy. I was in that area. I loved it there. Like, I wish I lived in that type of area. A lot of good competition and good athletes down there. What was it like growing up in that area? Yeah, you know, DC is, is a great place to grow up. I think, you know, I, you know, I think, you know, the typical student at Mercersburg or Dickinson who has a, a recollection of Dickinson, uh, of DC, excuse me, um, is probably different than mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, I, you know, I grew up in the PG County area, so Capitol Heights. Okay. So where I grew up is where DC and, and, and PG County, Maryland, uh, meet. Um, and, you know, in that era, um, and, you know, I would say, you know, I, I turned 18 and in 2003 so that area of like maybe 95 through 2003 was a very rough time mm-hmm. um to be, to be a young african-american male um in that part of town you know so it, it's a beautiful city mm-hmm. um but specifically where i grew up um you know it was a, it was a bit it was a bit challenging um i went to central high school um uh, before i went to before i went to mercersburg um mm-hmm. and you know having you know shootings and violence at the high school was was very commonplace uh, while, while I was going there, I think we got a ranking of one out of 10. Uh, you know, I love my teachers there and I love, you know, my fellow classmates, you know, but the, the neighborhood was, was, was rougher, you know, and, and, and I mean rough in a good way, as in it, you know, kind of helped me build a lot of self-confidence, um, a lot of street smarts mm-hmm. um, and a lot of fortitude, internal fortitude, um, you know, having come out of that, that environment. Mm-hmm. Um, but but in general, you know, the D.C. area is a great place to grow up for, as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have a lot of things going on with the nation's capital, obviously, and then the surrounding areas. I just wasn't blessed to grow up in, in one of those areas. I hear you, man. I, I had a lot of teammates who would get opportunities and scholarships to go into, like, play with the academy. And they, these are good players, man. And then over time, they just built, like, certain, like, tactics into the way they, they left and they'd go into gang and all types of stuff, man. It was – like, I see those type of kids all the time, man. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you guys are at a tender age, man. And that's why I try to be as involved as, as possible. You know, you, you guys are in, in a tender, very tender age um, with peer pressure and a lot of those things are mounting. And I think, you know, I think the kids that get to escape and get to make it to Mercersburg, I think they, they get an, a, an amazing experience, mm-hmm. um, you know, because you're shielded from, from the nonsense. And, um, you know, that's been one of my, you know, my biggest blessings was my Mercersburg opportunity because I got to see the world. Um, in, a, in a different light, one that, you know, pushed me and, and, you know, really, you know, drove me to kind of be the best that I could be. Um, so you grew up these in DMV, obviously. So, like, you were a fan of the Redskins? Oh, You're absolutely. The Washington football team, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Um, y'all, y'all, uh, y'all beat Pittsburgh. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah I, I was a huge Washington Redskins fan. Everything about my life is Washington Redskins. I don't even know if you can see right now. But then hanging up in my gym at home, yeah, yeah. that's a Washington Redskins jersey right there. Uh, that, that's an old Gus Farratt jersey. So yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan uh, of the Washington football team. So who did you idolize growing up that like maybe shaped you into the, the player? Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor. Yeah. You know, I love Daryl Green. You know, and then Sean Taylor came in right about the time I was leaving uh, high school, heading to Mercersburg. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed my jersey number because of Sean Taylor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought he was. I, I was a super fan. Mm. Well, you you played what position? I played I played cornerback uh, and free safety. So at Mercersburg, I played uh, some wide receivers, some cornerbacks, some safety. Uh, we had our starting quarterback go down a couple games. I stepped in at quarterback, but I was a quarterback in high school. Oh wow! So you were very versatile with everything. Okay, I was 
I was the slowest guy on the field, so it was easy to just put me <laughs> in the quarterback spot. How did you? How did you um get introduced into Mercersburg? And like, can you um tell me how the transition was from you said Centralville? Uh, Central High School. Central High School to Mercersburg. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, while I was at Central, uh, you know, very similar to Dickinson, you know, I was the vice president of the class. I was president of the chess club and all these various things. Um, you know, I maintained a pretty good GPA. Um, but, you know, something told me that I wasn't really quite ready for college. Now, so I was slightly younger than everyone else. So, for instance, my senior year, I was 16 years old until the season was over. Oh, wow. So I knew I wasn't ready for college and also knew that, you know, I had had had, had success at Central, uh, but I wanted to see if I was really ready for college. And, you know, I considered a prep year um, to try to really prepare myself um, and to challenge me so that I can go to go to college and do well. Um, and a, a teacher of mine, um, uh, Dr. Ambush, uh, was my um, my math teacher at, in high school. And she knew um, one of the uh, she knew a coach at Mercersburg and she got us connected. Um, the coach got me connected with Coach Walker. Uh, coach got me on the phone and he started to do his thing that he does. Yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to that school. Mm -hmm. So that's how it happened. So you went on a tour, obviously. Is mm -hmm. there anything like nostalgic when maybe when you go back on campus, is there any place, something that's like, this is, this is where I used to be like a nostalgic feeling? Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, man, that campus has so much, you know, the, the definition of nostalgia, I think, you know, can, can clearly be, you know, can clearly be seen um, from my experience in Mercersburg. So I, not only did I go there um, as a student, but I, when I was in college, I came back and worked there. Oh, wow. And for the summer camps mm. for two, two consecutive summers. Um, and then my younger brother actually worked there at the summer camp. Wow. Um, you know, so it became part of our family. Uh, Mercersburg, it became part of our family. So I would say I know every crevice of, of the Dickinson, uh, excuse me, of the Mercersburg campus. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Main Hall, obviously, because uh, that, you know, that's where, you know, that's where I resided while I was there. Mm -hmm. The football field. I mean, I, you know, so many memories just being down there on the track or, you know, sprinting across that, that field to, you know, to, to make it to the gymnasium. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, it, you're making me a bit sentimental thinking about it right now, actually. Um, but then even when I was a camp counselor there, you know, we would go and take the kids on, uh, on camping trips mm -hmm. deep behind, uh, you know, deep behind the, uh, the gymnasium, uh, -huh. uh, you know, and it's just so much about the campus that just, you know, it, it resonates with me. It'll always be home for me. Um, so I really, you know, I really enjoy my time there, uh, clearly. And, uh, yeah, I love every bit of it. So how was it captaining the football team to that? It was a very successful year with you guys, right? Yeah, it was Coach Walker's first year. Mm -hmm. um, we had some really good, you know, I was probably the, the least good pre, uh, uh, PG that we had. We had uh, a guy, CJ Gruber, who, who came over, who was, uh, he used to block for, for LaShawn McCoy back at uh, mm -hmm. whatever, whatever school they were, they were at. Uh, I believe it was LaShawn McCoy. We had this guy at Valio Harrell. Now, I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you these names, but these, this is like, this is 2003, mm -hmm. right? So you're talking about so 17, 17 years ago. Mm -hmm. I mean, but we had this guy from um, from Tampa. Um, his name was Avalio Harrell. He ended up going to Duke. Uh, I mean, he was probably the best cornerback I'd ever seen in my life. Um, you know, we had a quarterback named Gunnar Coyle, who was actually a junior when we did our PG year. He ended up uh, going to Georgetown. Uh, you know, we had a, we had a pretty good team, uh, pretty good, um, pretty good group of guys. Um, that year, and obviously it was Coach Walker's first year. Um, you know, we had our stumbling blocks. Obviously, the, the you know the the conference is really tough. 
Um, but yeah, you know, really good, good group of guys. Um, so while you were at the campus, were you more reserved and closed off or did you go in like, how you did at Dickinson, you started getting into a lot of programs and activities and stuff like that? Nah, just the opposite, man. When I got to Mercersburg, I was super reserved. Mm-hmm. I, I was super reserved and it was my Mercersburg experience that let me know I did belong mm-hmm. and that I was capable. And that's what helped me when I got to Dickinson to be involved. But when I first got to Mercersburg, um, you know, I felt insecure. Um, I felt like I didn't belong. Uh, I felt like I was out of my league, um, you know, and I thought I was going to have a tough time making, you know, making friends. Um, and on top of that, remember, I'm a PG, so I've already got a chip on my shoulder because I've already graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Now I'm coming back for a year to put myself through these challenging situations. Um, so unfortunately, I was a bit reserved. You know, I wasn't uh, quite as involved. And I think as I was able to get through the rigor of the Mercersburg schedule, um, and the discipline, uh, playing the sports. Mm-hmm. Then when I, by the time I got to Dickinson, Dickinson was really, you know, my first year was a breeze because of the experience I had in Mercersburg. Okay. So it really prepared you then? Oh, beyond prepared. I mean, I used to turn in papers a week and a half in, in advance mm. because, you know, because we would have to do that at Mercersburg. We would, I had a professor, I can't remember her name now, and it'll come back to me. And she would have us, she would allow us to turn our papers in early so that she could proofread them. And the goal was working towards getting an A. Um, and, you know, so I would do the same thing in college. And they couldn't understand it, right? They had this guy on the football team his first semester, and he's turning in eight-page papers, you know, two weeks before they're due. Mm. <laughs> Crazy. So, so progressively, did you start finding your own crowd and, like, figuring out who you were as a person um, maybe towards your winter, spring of your PG year? Yeah, I, I think, by, you know, by the time the football season was over and, you know, and I'd settled down and look, and, and, you know, you, you kind of get there and you go there with this misconceptions. You think, oh, OK, I'm going to go to school, you know, with a bunch of rich kids, you know, who haven't had to experience what I've had to experience. And then you go there and you find out that rich is just something your parents are, that they're regular kids, they're great kids. You know, they go through the same things that you go through. They have the same pressures you go through. And I think, you know, the guys in Main Hall, I have a very good friend, uh, who actually went to Dickinson with me, uh, and he was in my, he was in my in my in, in my dorm. You know, he really befriended me. Um, you know, he you know he let me know I belong. And then by the time you know I got you know to the winter, you know I'd had a crew, and we were you know I'd I'd had friends and gained friends, and you know we talk about life and kid experience. You know, not how much money their parents made or someone else's parents didn't make. Mm. Yeah. So you were a part of the Marshall Society, obviously. Yeah. What yeah. were those games like back then? Yeah, man. You know what? I had never dunked the basketball, but my adrenaline was so high that when we played the basketball, I dunked and I got the <laughs> video footage. My head was almost at the rim. Wow. That's how high my adrenaline was. I've got a picture. Actually, stay right here. I'm going to show you this. <laughs> Dude, I swear this is not a prop. I promise you this is not a prop. Let me see it. Check this out, man. I've got this picture here from the Marshall from the game. This is me <laughs> doing the jump ball. So let me tell you, I'm six foot tall. Uh-huh. I I got so high up on that dunk that they told me I had to do the jump ball. Oh wow! Yeah, I, I used to rock an afro back then. Yeah. <laughs> did y'all win that year? Uh, I think we did. I think we did win. Maybe I can't even remember, man. I it, you know the adrenaline was so high for the, for yeah. that. I also did the wrestling match. I guess oh, a guy oh, named uh, like Yeah, there was a guy named Nick Ventresca. 
um, and I was supposed to whip him. I was bigger and stronger, and that dude had so much heart, and he just kicked my tail, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's probably more more fire in those games. Like, now we just continuously lose. Like, Marshall just yeah. crushing us, man. Nah, nah. I think we I think we had a good run back then. I, again, it was 17 years ago, man. Mm-hmm. How old are you now? Uh, I turned 17 in July. So you were born in 03. Yeah, I was born in 03. Yeah, this game was in 03. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. So, oh, 04, 04, maybe, 04. So, uh, how was your – I heard your story about uh, Coach Q. Yeah, yeah. Okay, my question to you is um, how did you take football and, like, have that mindset to switch it on to school? How did you yeah. be able to transition that? Well, I think, to be honest with you, man, like, you know, I don't know – you know, look, when I was leaving high school, I'd made up my mind, hey, I just want to be a businessman. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that meant. I don't, you know, I just figured, hey, look, I, you know, businessmen seems like I can say I'm a businessman that's successful. Mm-hmm. And I think when I got to Mercersburg and I started to realize that, you know, you know, that I, I can compete with really smart kids and do things, you know, and I can do just as much as they could. I think my drive changed a bit. Um, so it became like success was all I really cared about. Um, and and not traditional success, not like me being better than someone, but like my internal success. Mm-hmm. Like, did I work harder than that guy? You know, did I put in the extra effort? You know, was my attention to detail there? And, you know, it carried over from 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 football. Um, and I think that was always my better skill. You know, I was never the most athletic kid by far, never the fastest or anything like that. But like those those details and like the hard work was what I kind of prided myself on. You, you know what I mean? Um, so obviously, you know, because Dickinson was the type of school where, you know, you could, you know, it's a division three school, you know, and, and you were meant to go there and win. Right. But the, 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 the school produced football players that were going to be doctors and lawyers and, and, and govern, go into government and, and various things. So the expectation was that you were a student only after you were, I'm sorry, you were an athlete only after you were a student. Mm. Um, so I was encouraged to do and be involved in student things. And then that same work ethic and attention to detail and things that I prided myself on in the football field mm-hmm. became the same things that were my pride um, in my scholastics. Mm-hmm. So can you go into more, like just uh, basing off of this, can you go into more detail about like the quote you live by, S.A. Quam Videri? Yeah. So, yeah, so S.A. Quam Videri. So it's actually, it's actually a, a, Latin, uh, a Latin phrase. And I, I picked it up while I was a member of my, of my uh, Gray Hat Honor Society. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the 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 phrase means um, the phrase effectively means it's it's better to be than to seem. Um, and technically, what you say is I rather be than to seem. But the, the message is that it's better to be than to be than to seem. Mm-hmm. And when they say to seem, um, you know, I think you guys live in this world now, this Instagram world, where yeah. like, you know, people will uh, they'll do something charitable, but they'll post it on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and it's nothing wrong with doing something charitable and posting it on Instagram because someone's getting help at the end of the day. But the goal is, is always going to be like to be doing good, even if it doesn't get posted on Instagram. You know what I mean? If you have one meal to give out and, you know, you see someone's in need, you know, don't not give it out because your phone is dead and you can't record it. And, and that's what I mean, you know, so kind of living by that, that motto and, and, you know, doing, trying to do the right things, even when you might not get credit for it, you, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Like, you know, not cheating or, um, you, you know, are, are you living in a way, you know, where people could see what you were doing, that mm-hmm. they would be happy with you. And I try to live my, you know, I try to live my life like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, S.A. Kwan Baderi, remember that. 
and you'll be mm -hmm. all right. Man. All right. And you base your you base your fraternity off of that? Is that your the quote? No, so not the fraternity. So that was my gray hat honor society. So the fraternity fraternity cap I was size strictly a social fraternity. Mm -hmm. Um that, you know, and so, you know, when I got to Dickinson, I had a really good relationship uh, with the president of the college, President Durden. Mm -hmm. uh, I had been invited to his house for dinners, various things. And, you know, I kind of approached him and said, look, I think, you know, it would help the students, the African-American students here, if, um, you know, the college campus, you know, resembled, uh, you know, a campus much more like where their friends go to school. Um, you know, and at the time we had no, uh, you know, historically African-American uh, fraternities mm. um, on the fraternities or sororities on the campus. Um, so the year uh, 2008, we pushed for Cap Alpha Psi. We also got um, the Deltas, which is the, the sorority um, on campus uh, the same year. Um, and those guys are still active today. We got a frat house and everything. Mm. So and I still mentor some of those guys. You mentor them. Mm -hmm. That's great. And... What do you, whenever they join, what do you, what do you want, what do you want to implement into them about being an African-American in this world? What do you want to get? Out yeah, of? So, so our motto is achievement. Mm -hmm. Our motto is achievement in every field of human endeavor. Like that's our motto. And that's why that was the right fraternity for me. Um, and, and I think, you know, re, you know, regardless, you know, and obviously we have members that are even at my campus that are, that are not African-American. We have you know, Hispanic Americans, we have Caucasian Americans. Uh, we have, you know, it's, it's a great organization. Um, you know, it's just historically founded by African-Americans, but, you know, it, it, it crosses, um, you know, all races and ethnicities. Uh, but the key takeaway is like achievement. So if you look at the current Dickinson, uh, current members of, of Dickinson, the football captain is also the student, the student Senate president at Dickinson. He's also a member of Cap Alpha Psi. The graduating president of the campus is also a member of Cap Alpha Psi. So we've set the standard. So the, the fraternity's only got maybe 25 members on my campus. And the standard are two of them or 10% have been presidents of the school. So these, you know are, the I mean? these are the elite, elite. These are the elites. A lot of them have gone on to be members of Gray Hats, which is, which is a super elite organization on campus. And, and the, you know, the, the, the thing is this, you know, you get one opportunity to be a college student uh, or even to be a Mercersburg student, you know, and you want to f take advantage of that opportunity and you want to be excelling. You want to be pushing hard because, you know, when this is all said and done and you go into your life after school is over, it becomes pretty, uh, it becomes uh, pretty mundane. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're going to reflect on those moments and those things that you did at Mercersburg and in your years after. And those are going to be the memories that kind of carry you through. So you want to be working hard and achieving and striving to achieve at every angle. And the, and the people who, who lead, so you have certain members who lead the, the troops, right? Mm -hmm. Who are, those are the, the 10% that are in those like student Senate, all those. And are there people that you look into as this is like a younger version of myself? Are you picking them or are you, are you, when you hear these new members who are going to be leading, are you going to talk to them personally and get to know them? Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, it doesn't stop with just the guys who are the presidents. You know, I think those guys are doing exceptional things and, and they get a lot of credit. But I think a lot of guys who even don't wear the title, you know, and those that's where S.A. Kawamadari comes in. You know, the guys who are not the president, but they're working just as hard and they're grinding and they're making their parents proud. Um, you know, I have the same relationship with those guys. Look, I, you know, I, obviously I love to have a young guy like yourself come and say, hey, look, I have big goals. You know, I want to break all barriers. You know, I want to use your your example. You know, I would love to, you know, give that guy, you know, all of the knowledge and gems that I have. Mm -hmm. uh, 
but just as just as good if I have a kid that says, yeah, look, you know, this is I'm a first, you know, first time, co- you know, first generation college student, you know, I really looking to, to kind of get through this experience and go and get a good job, you know, what's your advice, you know, I pour into them the same way. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I think, you know, we're, we're a community of, of central Pennsylvania, um, good schools, and I think, you know, we kind of stick together. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the goal is to do well in life and then be able to help the next generation do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with that, what experience did you get and take from being able to uh, work on Wall Street? What was that like? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, I guess technically I still kind of work on Wall yeah. Street. There's, there's no real difference. Um, so I work in commodities in energy trading. Um, I've always been in energy trading. So I started my career in 2008. Um, there was an investment bank called Lehman Brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made a movie about it called Too Big to Fail. That movie was clearly a lie. Uh, <laughs> I, I started in August of 2008, and they went bankrupt in September of 2008. So they was was, yeah, this was the fourth largest investment bank in the world. It, I mean, uh-huh. Lehman Brothers, is a, they, they're a cream of the crop investment bank. Um, and, you know, that, that experience was obviously traumatic for me, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I was picked up by Barclays Capital, which is a huge British, ba- uh, UK-based yeah. um, investment bank. Um, and I was picked up by them and I worked there for five years. Um, super competitive environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you get a lot of your Dickinson grads and Harvard's grads and Mercersburg uh, alums are the type of people who go there to work. Um, so it was very, very competitive, uh, but I felt like I was prepared. Mm-hmm. I had made it through Mercersburg and I'd made it through Dickinson. And I'd done all those while, you know, being, you know, asked to be a student athlete. And, and on top of it, I'd done it all when the odds were very unlikely that a kid from my, you know, my side of the railroad tracks, mm-hmm. you know, would be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, I was very, very confident and, and, you know, still keep sticking to those core principles of working hard, keeping my head down, um, doing the right things, paying attention to detail. And it's, you know, I, and obviously I just continue to grow, um, to grow in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my wife and I, uh, we spent a couple years in India uh, working for the world's largest uh, energy trader. Um, and, you know, and right now we're back here in Houston. We have two small children. We'll probably go to Mercersburg. Oh. Um, and, you know, and now I work for, you know, the third largest petrochemical trader in the world. That's, that being like a senior risk manager, right? Yep, senior risk. Ma- well, I guess my, my new title is uh, I'm the head of, head of North American risk, but it's all, it's all the same. So you just kept building and building and building and climbing the ladder then? Yep. Just keep, just kept, yep. With the same principles, same mm-hmm. principles that I learned in Mercersburg. Did you feel, was it hard moving to this place and this place with your wife and being able to maintain work and life at home? Uh, you, you know, it's difficult, right? But the right people do, do the challenges, right? I mean, look at your experience, right? Or look at the, your classmates experience, right? You guys are, you know, from the ages of 13 through 17 or you know, 14 through 18, and you guys are moving away to Mercersburg. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you know, think about it. There's not many, you know, you guys are probably the 1%. There's not many 14-year-olds who can stomach not being with their parents every night, um, mm-hmm. right? So Mercersburg kind of breaks you and kind of creates that into you now. So when the company says, hey, Will, do you want to go move to India? I look at my wife and she says, when do we go? Mm. Right. Because she knows that we can deal with these type of, you know, these circumstances. And, and, you know, and I think that's where people, I think that's where the courage that it takes to be a boarding school kid um, is not given enough credit. Mm. It's the adaptability that you guys are learning at a very young age 
Um, you're learning how to be very flexible at a very young age. And what you're doing is you're preparing yourself so when the opportunity comes, you're ready to take it. I like that. I I'm learning a lot from you is like being able to adapt to a situation and take it and just take it full on for sure. Yeah. Easy. I mean, that's, that's life. I mean, you, you know, that's, that's life, man. Nothing, nothing in the world remains the same. Mm. I hear you, man. Change is the only thing that remains the same. Mm. And you, you lived in India for how long? Uh, two years. Two years. And what was that like the culture and everything? Oh, it was amazing, man. I was in Mumbai energy. I was, excuse me. I was in Mumbai, mm. um, which is like, uh, what they consider like, they call like Bollywood. Um, and I lived in a very, very swanky part of town. Um, a very good social crowd. Uh, a lot of expats. Mm -hmm. Expats being expatriates, okay. uh, meaning like people from UK or the US. Um, like I said, a very social town. Um, you know, I was I was effectively, you know, given the opportunity to live in Asia and be, you know, two hours from Dubai, you know, three hours from Sri Lanka, five hours from the Maldives, and I got to be working at a very very competitive company doing it. Um, all while, you know, before turning 30 years old. Um, and I got to take my wife, right? So, I mean, yeah. those are opportunities that not many people get to say, you know? What's your favorite place you visited? You've been to a lot of interesting places. Dude, I've, I've probably been to more countries in, in Asia than I've been to states in the U.S. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I really like Maldives because, you know, not many people get to go and not because it's really expensive or exclusive. It just takes 24 hours to get there from the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, the Maldives, that's in the Mali Islands. Um, you just have to look it up afterwards, man. It, the very translucent water. It, it was a great experience. Um, you know, my wife and I, you know, we did uh, we went to Sri Lanka and Thailand um, and, you know, we, we we did zip lining in these various places and ate all the craziest street foods um you know spent some time lots of time running through europe through monaco i very like very much like monaco i, I was fortunate enough to go to monaco uh to watch the the formula one oh wow uh, grand prix races um so you know lots of lots of interesting things man but all of it's been through networking and networking that i learned in mercersburg and i think um you know mercersburg just prepared me for that man I, you know some of the conversations that I, I was able to have after Mercersburg was just so much different than before Mercersburg. Um, you know, and I think that's helped propel me and, 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 and allow me to, to experience some of these, these different opportunities. All right, I have, I have two more questions for you. Yeah, sure, take your when, time. When in your life did you realize, like, this was my calling, this is what I was meant to do, all the years of, it, of struggle and hardship, this is what prepared me for this and I'm ready now? What, what, what would be the it? Maybe, like, a, you were in this certain place in time where you just stopped and thought, this is, right here is what I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe it's uh, work, an opportunity, uh, maybe on the field, whatever. It's like a, Yeah, I think, um, so, so here's the thing, right? When I was your age and I saw somebody who was 35, first off, I'm aging myself. Uh, but when I saw somebody who was 35 and things were going well, I figured, you know, okay, so work is the it. And uh, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old son. Um, and, you know, and, and my wife, and that is my it, mm. you know, every day, every day, that is my, it. you could take everything else away. You could take my house away. You could take the career and, and all of the social accolades. Um, but my, it is my, my wife and my kids. And I think, you know, that's when I found out I made it, you know, when, when I, you know, when I was able to have, and, you know, have a wife, um, and have my children and, you know, not have the same concerns that I had as a child. 
um, that was the it. Mm. Um, you know, and that continues to be the it, the it every day. Um, you know, I'm still learning a lot. Um, you know, every day I'm trying to be better than I was yesterday. Um, so I haven't, I haven't got there. I don't think I've quite gotten there from a, it from an outsider's perspective. But in terms of my relationship, you know, with my family, my relationship with God, I think I'm getting closer to the it. That's amazing. Yeah. And then last thing, what is making a difference to you? What does that mean to you as a person and yeah. how you've been growing up? Yeah, 100%. Making a difference for me is leaving the world better than, better than how, you know, leaving the world better than how you found it. Um, and, you know, and I think, you know, I've been fortunate. I have really good friends, um, you know, really good mentors. I have really good relationships. Coach Walker being one of those people. Uh, me and Coach Walker, we talked the other day for an hour and a half, uh, just in the middle of the day, right? And you don't find that that happens really often. You know, Coach Walker recruited me 18 years ago. And here we are, you know, Coach, Coach was at my wedding. Mm. Um, my wedding, which was on Dickinson's campus, by the way. Wow. Um, and, you know, here we are 18, 18 years later and we were talking about you. Um, interestingly enough, right? And you weren't even born when I first met Coach. Yeah. It's interesting how the world works that way, right? So in terms of, um, you know, for me, it's, it's like, you know, the ability to make, try to do what you can do to make somebody's life or somebody's experience or the world in general a better place than where you, you know, where you left it. You know, if you, if you cannot do nothing, don't make it worse. But if you have the ability to do something, it's your obligation to make it better than how you, how you, you know, how you, how you found it. And, and for me, my met better is that I, I think that I blessed the world with two new boys, um, the two boys that are also going to carry that same moniker and, and, and work hard to, you know, make the world better as well. Wow. Thank you so much for your time. I learned a lot from you today. I'm no, I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So man, look, you definitely, you know, you have my information as well, man. Definitely reach out, you know, if you ever want to talk or, you know, you know, whenever I, you know, whenever I try to get back to DC, obviously things are crazy now. I'm always back at Dickinson's campus. Mm -hmm. uh, rather, you know, I'm always, you know, I think there was a point in time I probably was going back like five times a year. Mm -hmm. So I'm always right down, you know, right there um, near campus. Um, so I'm sure that I'll, I'll catch up with you. Um, you know, because I drive, I drive in from DC sometimes. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it'd be nothing to just stop in at Mercersburg and, you know, say what's going on. But, uh, you know, you have my information, man. Don't, you know, don't be a stranger. Right. Uh, bro, I'm really a normal guy, man. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny, man. I do these interviews and I, and I talk with people and they hear about like the Wall Street stuff and, and everything. Man. I'm such a normal dude, man. Like, then you bring in, you walk in and you just, you just like, you know, I'm... I mean, yeah, I am swole. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, I, I do look. That's my hobby now. You know, I do work out a lot now. Because, um, you know, like I said, I turned my whole. I it used to be a pool house, and now it's a, uh, now it's a, a, a gym. So this is where I kind of work out. So I, I don't have to take much time away from my kids and everything. But uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm regular, man. I, I was sitting right there in your shoes, man. Um, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, almost two twenty years ago. Mm. But the same experiences that you have um, that you're having now, and I had then. Um, you, you know what I mean? Very similar, man. And, and, and that should let you know, you know, you'll be 10 times better than me. Right. I mean, so, you know, you'll go out here and you'll, you'll do great things in the world, man. You'll be a success. You'll look back at your life and you'll be like, yo, Mercersburg was a piece of cake. Look at this. They want me to go live in, you know, wherever, you know? Yeah, man, I would love to, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to have an opportunity, man. Um, and I really believe that, man. I really think that, uh, you know, the war, it's really about doing the, you know, doing the right thing, man. And, 
And I think it's really about giving back, man, because that's how I was able to, to, to make it. You know, coach, coach shouldn't have to go out there on a limb for me. You know, you know what I mean? And look how much he's affected my life. You, yeah. you know what I mean? That's crazy. Um, you know, so, you know, and, you know, it, it is what it is. And, and it's all of our obligation to, to, to give that back. Uh, more important, more important than anything else. If I did, wasn't as successful or other things, but I had given back as much as I had taken from the world, I would say I was doing all right. Mm. And those are some empowering words from Evil Scott, Class of 04. This has been Mercedesburg Story Corps, and thank you for listening. Yeah, well, this mad world made me crazy. Might just turn around.